So I was brought up with the understanding that first impressions are lasting impressions. That you only get one chance to make a good first impression. And so I was brought up to look someone in the eye, give them a firm handshake, speak clearly, and show up early or else you'll be late to dress my best with my shirt tucked in and my hair combed. I was taught, son, how they see you the first time is how they will receive you the next. And you know, you know how important first impressions are because there are some people that you ain't messing around with anymore because of how they first met you, that first impression. And so here, let me, let me put it like this. Impressions determine reception. Impressions determine reception. How you present yourself to others determines how you will be received by them. And so in that story that we just read, the story that's told every Christmas Eve, it's a story about the world's worst first impression in all of history. That God shows up. Finally, for many people, God was late, not 15 minutes late, but hundreds of years late. And God shows up unannounced to all but a few to a place that nobody cared about, a little backwoods town called Bethlehem, born in a barn, born to a mom that everybody else around town had been talking about. And the only witnesses to God's coming into our world were some shepherds the lowest of low. You see, shepherds, they weren't allowed in the temples. They weren't allowed in the holy spaces. They weren't allowed to be where God was because what they did all day long was follow sheep who left behind some stuff that they had to walk through. And so we try to clean it up. And we try to sanitize it so that we can put it on some Hallmark cards to sell. But the truth is, it's not very picturesque. That God doesn't seem to mind much about first impressions. And although there had been hundreds of promises throughout the Old Testament about how God would come, nobody expected this. And for 400 years, 400 years before Jesus was born, there was just silence, that nobody was talking no more. And in the silence, God shows up. No fanfare, no media, no tweets. God didn't even make hotel reservations. That when Mary and Joseph go looking for a place to stay and to deliver this baby, this Messiah, this son of God, they just keep seeing no vacancy signs. God was born into a world that was too crowded and cluttered for him. Jesus was born into a world that did not want him but could not stop his coming. God came as a baby. God could have come as a king. God could have come as a warrior, but he came and he chose to come as a baby born to a mom-shamed mom and a foster dad. Why would God let it go down like this? By all means, this was a terrible first impression, 
But this was how God chose to come into our world and to meet us through Jesus. Now, we've all heard the story for so long that maybe we're not shocked by it anymore. Maybe that's because we've made it so soft and so sweet. But if we take a step back and we think about it, well, surely God had other options. So why this way? Why would God let it go down this way? Well, here's what I know about God. And here's what I know about God in my life. Is that God loves to show up in hard circumstances. God loves to show up unannounced in the dark. And maybe, just maybe, God chose a couple working through some premarital issues, born in a stable, surrounded by some people low on the totem pole with stench in the air to remind us that we can't lock God into just holy spaces that we can't limit to God to just safe spaces. But God shows up in poverty and isolation. God shows up in the middle of political turmoil and societal unrest. And God greets us that first Christmas day to give us an impression, I'm here. I'm here for the bottom folk. I'm here for the outcast. I'm here for the lost and the lonely and the hurting and the tired folk. I'm here in the most unexpected and unwelcomed way. I'm here in the hard place. I'm here in the dark. That's the first impression we get of Jesus. An impression that is almost insignificant from the perspective of those who are on the outside. But Jesus starts off in a manger to let us know that when we are in those manger moments, and we've all been there, those dark places, those isolated places, those lonely places, that in those manger moments, God is there. That God is not just limited to the holy places and the mountaintops, but God is there in the dark. What a first impression. And if impressions are important, I would also say that introductions are important. And there's a difference. You see, whenever you meet someone, especially someone of significance, you not only get a first impression of them, but you might also get an introduction, a little bit of background, a little bit of history. A connection is made between you and the person who is introducing you to others. And if impressions determine reception, then introductions determine significance. Impressions are how you present yourself out to others. Introductions are how others present you out to the world. And how others present you out to the world speaks of the significance that you have in their life. If impressions have an effect on reception, introductions have an effect on significance. So let me help you understand this a little bit. Guys, you'll get this. So fellas, when you're out with your wife, or your girlfriend, 
your girl, your sweetie, your babe, the woman that you love, and another woman walks up who knows you but doesn't know your wife, your girlfriend, your girl, your sweetie, your babe, the woman that you love, how you introduce your wife, your girlfriend, your girl, your sweetie, your babe, the woman that you love will determine how the rest of your night is going to (laughs) go. And so if another girl walks up to you and you simply say, oh, this is Jenny, man, you done messed up. (laughs) But if you say, this is my wife, my girlfriend, my girl, my sweetie, my babe, the woman that I love, man, things are going to go much better for you. Because the way you introduce her shares the significance that she has in your life. Impressions determine reception, but introductions determine significance. Jesus gives us a first impression when he presents himself to the world that he came to save, and at best, this impression is underwhelming. But maybe Jesus presents himself the way that he did because he had a purpose behind it. And he left us with a curious first impression without any introduction. But it would be John, one of Jesus' disciples, the disciple whom Jesus loved, as John put it, when he would tell his story of Jesus, It would be John who would give us an introduction of Jesus, the background, the history, the connection. You see, Luke tells us what happened when Jesus was born. John tells us why it happened. Let me show you. This is how John begins his gospel, his story about Jesus. This is how he introduces him. He said, in the beginning was the word. Now, there's a lot going on when John uses that word, word. But so that I can get you out on time, let me just say that John is saying the heart, the logic, the mind, the character of God, the word of God, all of that was there at the very beginning of it all. And this word, this character, this heart, this mind of God was Jesus. He goes on, and the word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. A pretty impressive resume. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Yes, all mankind. Even your daughter's boyfriend, who you're not really thrilled about, but she brought along anyways and now wants to be in the family Christmas photo. Yes, that, that all mankind. God came for all, to be a light for all. And notice this, John says, in him was, past tense, life. And that life was, past tense, light. He's giving a little background. He's giving a little history in his introduction. But then watch this. He says, the light shines. Shines. Present tense. The light shines in the darkness. And that light has been there. 
ever since the beginning of it all, and it's still shining in the darkness. God is still speaking a word into the dark and lonely night. Let there be light. Let there be light in the darkness. Let there be light in the chaos. Let there be light in the dead. Let there be light in the unwelcomed places. Let there be light in the hard and the difficult times. Let there be light in those manger moments. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness, John says, and the darkness has not. And then I imagine that John just paused And he lifted his pen from the paper. Taking a moment to think about the significance that Jesus had made in his life. John was an old man by the time that he wrote this. And he has seen so much darkness in his days. He's seen his friends killed, martyred for their faith, persecuted, imprisoned. John knew the darkness all too well. And yet through it all, he could trace a light. This light. That this light of Christ still shines. That even as hard as the darkness has tried to snuff it out, trap it, blow it out, cover it up, the light shines in the darkness to this day. So I imagine... With a grin on his face, John fearlessly writes this word, this Jesus, this light. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not put it out, blown it out, covered it up. Not then, not now, not ever. This is the significance of Jesus, the character of God, the mind of God, the heart of God, the word of God in a bod wrapped in flesh, moving into the neighborhood, making his home among us in the difficult circumstances, the lowly places, the lonely places, the dark places, all to shine still to this day to keep speaking that same message of hope and resilience. Let there be, let there be light. Oh God, we give you thanks that your light is here, that you are Emmanuel, God with us, And so, Lord, whatever we might be going through, you know. You've seen us. Remind us this night that a Savior has been born, that a light has shined, and Holy Spirit, give us the eyes to see it so that we may adore you pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.